0: Thank you for joining The Bevel Talk, Season 8, Episode 1, an introduction to oil and gas pipelines in the Middle East. Today, we're talking with Mustafa Hanafi, Business Development Manager for Construction and Fabrication with ITW Welding's Middle East and Caspian Sea Team. Let's get right into it. Hello and welcome to Bevel Talk. Thanks for joining us today. Today we're joined by Mustafa Hanafi, who is a market development manager for ITW welding in the Middle East. Mustafa, thanks for being with us today. How are you doing?
1: Thank you for having me, Danny. Good morning. I'm doing good.
0: Good. So tell us a little bit about yourselves. What's your, what's your background? How did you, um, how did you get into welding and, and get into your role that you're currently in?
1: So it starts back in 2005 when I graduated with a Bachelor of Science of Metallurgy and uh, I specialized in welding engineering. So uh, I started working as a welding engineer in uh, oil and gas projects, construction projects in the Middle East, starting from Egypt to Saudi Arabia. And then in 2011, I joined ITW Welding um, as a pipe welding specialist, supporting the innovative Welding Solutions of ITW and covering the Middle East region. Now I'm working as a market development manager, or you can call it segment manager for construction and fabrication.
0: Okay, fantastic. So how did you get started in welding? What what got you interested in welding in the first place?
1: I had a course during the university um welding technology course where i had to exp- to to try each and every welding process with my hand and i i'm seen all the types of arc welding from manual welding to mig uh tag welding and even sub arc and i fell in love with it when I, the moment i saw it i liked it and i i told myself well this is the career where i will i will see myself uh, in um among all the metallurgy or material science uh, specializations I think welding is my thing.
0: So I just I think it's interesting a lot of people get that um start they they take a course they're, or they're exposed to welding in one way very briefly and it just sticks for so many people
1: right and i would say that majority of uh, the students in uh, metallurgy and material science the same time i i was uh, they majority of them went into the welding rather than any other field like steel making or casting or whatever
0: okay so talk to me a little bit about you know pipeline welding in the middle east and in the regions that you cover so
1: pipeline industry is a huge industry in the Middle East, and um, it's they are strategic projects in nature. Main function um, is to transport oil and gas or even other fluids from one point to another. You can find them in uh, oil and gas upstream fields like flow lines, taking oil from well to a bigger trunk line which again moves the oil to the nearest gas oil separation plant for initial processing. And then we can find even pipelines as transmission or cross-country uh, with larger diameters and and longer distances. And that's in the middle stream sector. And the Middle East is having a lots of pipelines because Middle East is known for having upstream and midstream because it's oil and gas uh, producing uh, region, So pipelines are everywhere. Uh, they can be onshore, they can be offshore. Um, the same pipeline can even start in the sea and then move to the land from offshore to the onshore. They can be carbon steel, stainless, duplex, inconel cladded pipes, internally or externally coated. They can be 6mm wall thickness. They can be even 50mm wall thickness with PWHT type of requirement in some cases. So you have them all in the Middle East.
0: Outdated equipment threatens productivity, profitability, and safety. Learn how Miller XMT350 Field Pro Systems with ArcReach can improve your job site at MillerWelds.com ArcReach. So is there a typical pipe diameter that's kind of a standard, or is there a couple of you know, sizes that are standard in the Middle East? So uh, when we
1: talk about flow lines, uh, like the, the lines which takes the oil from the wellhead, um, then we're talking about majority could be 4 inches to 8 inches. Some cases, if a high-producing well, it could be 10-inch or 12-inch even in Saudi. Uh, if we're talking about trunk line, where you gather a lot of flow lines, then we're talking about 24-inch, 30-inch range. And if we're talking about transmission cross-country pipeline, the typical could be 42 or 52, 56-inch.
0: Wow. So that's that's quite a, a variant there. That's quite different. Um, so what is your typical welding procedures on a pipeline when you're putting a new pipeline in the ground or you're, re, or you're refurbishing an old pipeline? How is that done?
1: Right. So we've got different types of procedures from manual welding to semi-auto to mechanized and full automatic welding, depending on diameters, depending on the thickness, depending on the length. There are so many parameters that decides uh, the the type of procedure to be used, but just like the majority of onshore pipelines, uh, I would say, are made of carbon steel and they Go uh, on X60, X65, X70, and with welding them with a stick electrode means that you can just overmatch them by a stick 8010 or 7010, depending on the pipe X. Then you just overmatch. If it is six, X60 pipe, then it's a 7010 cellulosic electrode. If it is X70, then it is 8010 electrode, and so on.
0: Okay, and so. What is your uh, governing body or your code body that you guys are willing to? Are you willing to like an API 1104 or is there another standard as well?
1: Well, the most common one for onshore pipeline here is 1104, but 1104 cannot be used uh, as a standalone uh, standard or, speci- or specification because on top of it, there should be a local project owner specification. So if we're talking about Saudi Arabia, then you will see a Saudi Aramco specs. If we're talking about UAE, then it's adnuc specs. If it is Kuwait, it is Kuwait oil company specs. And those type of specs, they're sometime addendum just to API 1104, and there sometimes sometime even a full spec that in some places refers you back to the API 1104. So you have, you have to deal with all of them at once. And in case you're talking about a sour service, which is very common here in the Middle East, where we have high sulfur content in the gas or oil, then you have to add to them even NACE requirement for corrosion and the uh, NACE, uh, besides even shell DEP. So in one case, you could you could see uh, adnox spec referring you back to NACE and then referring you back to API 11.04 and shell DEP. So you have four different spec to read before doing your pipeline.
0: Okay. So along with all these specifications, um, what other or what typical... Um, testing is there are you doing um ultrasonic testing you're doing destructive testing for qualification or is it right so for we do of
1: course destructive testing to qualify the procedure so destructive typical testing could be tensile uh, bending uh, sharpie if needed uh, hardness micro and macro um, and if it is sour service then it goes even uh with uh, corrosion tests like HIC test or SSCC test, which stands for hydrogen-induced cracking and sulfur stress corrosion cracking. And then uh, during production, they go NDT, non-destructive testing. And um, if you're welding any process except automatic, then it goes radiography, probably x-ray. If you're going automatic welding, then you need automatic ultrasonic as a mandatory requirement
0: there. All right. So, Mustafa, tell me a little bit more about the uh, ultrasonic or automatic bug system you have that you're testing with. It's something I'm not very familiar with.
1: Right. So the automatic welding usually works on a narrow groove. So narrow bevel. We are talking about uh, bevel angle 4 degrees and zero gap root. So uh, the typical repair or type of defect you can get as lack of sidewall fusion. And lack of sidewall fusion is not easily uh, revealed with x-ray or radiographic in, in general. So the moment you use automatic welding to make sure that you can catch easily the lack of sidewall fusion, then automatic ultrasonic is very good doing this. So automatic ultrasonic can tell you which pass, you have the lack of sidewall fusion, and what size of it, like in terms of length and even depth, like thickness of the repair and how, how long it is. So that's why most of the clients, not just in the Middle East, but I think all over the world, they use automatic ultrasonic for automatic welding. Once you have automatic welding, you have to go with automatic ultrasonic as NDT. One more reason behind it is the speed of an inspection. So automatic welding minimum, you, you're talking about 50 joints per day. And if you wait and do it with x-ray, you're, you're not gonna finish. You will have a lot of backlog. And you need AUT, which is automatic ultrasonic, because it's quite fast. You can do all the production that you've done with the automatic welding with the AUT. So there will be no backlog.
0: Okay, that makes sense. Um... Well, Mustafa, thank you for joining us today. I've really appreciated your time, and it's been really interesting talking with you. Um, listeners, thank you for joining us as well, and join us next time as we talk more to Mustafa about uh, pipeline welding in the Middle East.